Welcome to Powered by Her, exploring the stories of how area women power their business. Hear from the growing network of female entrepreneurs of the Upper Cumberland with your host, Tiffany Anton, director at the Biz Foundry. Powered by Her starts now. Hi, you're listening to Powered by Her in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center. I'm Tiffany Anton, director of outreach and engagement at the Biz Foundry, and I have Ashley Waters from Waters Law today. Hi, Ashley. Hi, Tiffany. Thanks for coming in. Um, so you're kind of a different type of entrepreneur um, than the other women that we've had on. So you started, you did not start off as Waters Law. You did not start off as your own entity. That's right. So um, this is kind of a newer development for you. So in October of last year, I decided to open my own law practice and go out on my own. Um, before that, I had... So I've been practicing law for about six to seven years now. And what kind and of law do you do? So I focus my practice on estate planning and estate administration. So everything you can think of, wills, trusts, um, all different kinds of trusts, powers of attorney, all of that, you know, on the planning side, pre, pre-death pre planning, and then also on the administration side, so when someone passes away, you know, there are various things that we have to do depending on how their estate was set up or maybe not set up, not planned for. Um, so we do that side as well. So both the estate planning and administration side. Okay. So, so that's how I focus my practice. Okay. So so then you were you were just mentioning that you were with, um, you've been doing this for about six or seven years and you were practicing somewhere else at first. Right. So I started, um, actually entered into the legal field as a law clerk. Um, while I was in law school, I went to Nashville School of Law. So I was going to school at night, driving to Nashville, and I uh, was working during the day. And I um, ended up getting a job um, with Joy Gothard, who was my ended up being my law partner later on. But um, I was her law partner for a few years while I finished law school. And then when I graduated, I became an associate and worked for her for a couple of years. And then she brought me on as a partner. So we were a partner a partnership for a few years. And then um, I made the very difficult or we made the very difficult decision um, for me to go out on my own Um you know, mid last year. So open my own practice in October. And was that um, just a choice that you made that you felt like it was just the right time? Had you always kind of been planning for that to happen? So the timing was right. um, But it was really more of a an inner self reflection that I had been going through over the past several years just trying to figure out what I really wanted out of my career. And I never really knew if I wanted to be on my own or really part of a big firm or a small firm. I never really had a specific goal or an idea. I just, you know, wanted to be happy and to well, enjoy what I did. And so. kind of what you you did to start off is you just stayed. <laughs> you just stayed. You got this first job as kind of an intern or entry level position while you're still in school to kind of learn the ropes and then okay well I can stay and kind of learn more and be an apprentice under her and um and and you just stayed I did and and I loved it and and Joy she was my mentor she still is my mentor I uh, can attribute a lot of what I know to her um and 
you know, I think I was really blessed whenever I entered into the legal field to find myself in a law firm where the focus was on this area of law because I really enjoyed that. So right off the bat, I found myself, you know, practicing in an area that I really, really enjoyed. So I'm I'm very lucky that I didn't, you know, I didn't have to test out a lot of different areas of practice to figure out what I didn't like. I just kind of landed in a really great area to start. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was a great place to be for a long time. And I grew a lot and I learned a lot. Uh, I learned a lot from Joy. I learned a lot from the, um, you know, the other girls that we worked with and from my clients and just in, you know, your first few years of practice um, is a lot of trial and error and trying to figure out how you do things and how, you know, I struggled a lot at first with the way that Joy would deal with clients or the way that Joy would handle a situation and the way I might handle it would be different. Finding your own identity. Finding my own identity and how to, you know, the practice of law is so unique and you have to be confident and you can't always, um, you know, just the way someone else does it. Sometimes I, I learned a lot from her. There were a lot of things that she taught me that if I had done it my way, I probably would have messed up more, you know, but then there were other things that I learned from her that, you know, that's not the way that, that I do it. And it's not that it's right or wrong. It's just figuring out how I, you know, work best with, my clients. So we talked a little bit about this before you and I have. And um, when you made this decision, and it was a difficult decision for you to go Mm -hmm. out on your own. But it was kind of just the the time to spread your wings. It was not there wasn't bad blood. It wasn't that things weren't going the right way. It was like, it's just time to to be able to do this myself. And um, there's a lot more that goes into waters law than just practicing law. Absolutely. <laughs> the practice of law is, is one, I mean, it's a big component, but it's just one of the many, you know, the many things. And I, I think that's where a lot of lawyers struggle because when you, um, you know, in law school, they don't teach you how to run a business. And, you know, maybe if you join a large firm and you're just, you know, a workhorse and, you know, you work your way up, you don't need to know all of the HR parts and all of the finance parts and um, marketing parts and all of those different things, because that's not what you do. But when you have a small business, whether it's a partnership or you're a sole, you know, a solo uh, lawyer there, you have to do all of those. You have to wear all those hats yourself Mm -hmm. or find people to work with you that you can delegate those tasks to that you can trust. So you can, you know, outsource them. But yeah, it's, it's being, not only do I have this profession and I have all of these rules and ethical standards that I have to maintain and all these rules that I have to follow as a professional, but I also have a business to run and And it has to be profitable. And it is a business in the aspect of like you develop a logo and you have your space and you have an overhead cost where you know, you didn't, you don't have that when you're part of a big firm, like you said, we're going to talk about that in a second. In case you're just joining us, we have Ashley Waters from Waters Law in. You're in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center and you're listening to Powered by Her. Um, so let, how did you learn? How are you learning how to <laughs> run a business? So you, 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 you have had an entrepreneurial family. Your husband owned a business for many years and his parents own a business. And um, do you does your side of the family have entrepreneurial genes in there? Uh, 
so much. Um, so I actually, when I graduated from my from MTSU, is where I went for my undergrad. I actually went from there to the University of Mississippi and got my MBA. So I have a little bit of the educational background. Which is not really. <laughs> which is still, they don't really teach you how to really run a business. Um, but, and then my mom is a realtor. She's been a realtor for over 30 years, I think. I hope that's right. She won't kill me, but um, she's been a realtor for a long time. And and that's, and she owned her own, um, she had some, some partners, but they own their own real estate company for a long time. So I guess, you know, she is, does sort of have that background, but that's not what she, she doesn't really enjoy it mm-hmm. probably as much as I do. Um, so I don't really have that so much in my, in my DNA, Yeah. but, um, I am drawn to it and, you know, my husband's side. So that's, sure. that's interesting that, so, so you were the wife of an entrepreneur for years and that didn't scare you away. <laughs> that didn't deter you from, from deciding to start off on your own. No, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a risk taker. I've never been afraid to go out on a limb and you know I think that the the decision to to open my own practice and start my own business the difficult part of it wasn't the risk of you know starting a business and all of those things that go with that it was it was the decision of leaving you know my comfort where I was comfortable yeah not from a you know it wasn't about whether I can run a business successfully, it was just leaving the nest, leaving. Yeah. Leaving yeah, the nest. That, that was the tough part for me. Yeah. So. That, and that, and that is hard. So as a, as a kid, did you always want to be a lawyer? Was that pretty much? Yeah. yeah. So, um, growing up everyone, I mean, I can pretty much argue any point to anyone at any time. Um, and so my family would always joke with me and say you should be a lawyer you know when you grow up but um but a a state (laughs) I know so and I'm I I'm actually very happy that the area that I ended up choosing to practice in is not it's not very adversarial which is really nice um you know there are a lot of areas of practice where you you take your workload home with you in the sense that, you know, you, you just can't let it go. And it's an emotional toll, which Mm -hmm. everybody's career is an emotional toll. I get that. But, um, you know, you're carrying other people's burdens and emotions along with you. And, and there's some of that in what I do, but, um, for the, for the most part, it's, you know, it's, um, I, I get to help people and, I, I don't really have to get sideways with other lawyers too often or clients or anything like that. And it's so. pretty cut and dry, like black and white. These are the things that you need. These are the things that are going to help you, you know, set set yourself up at the end. It's it's cut and dry that, you know, that everyone needs to, everyone needs a lawyer like me, whether they it's me or someone else, but everyone needs to plan for their future, for their death, as much as you hate to think about it. Everyone needs to do that kind of planning. What is, you know, everyone's situation is unique though. And so there are so many different directions you could go with a particular client, depending on what their family structure looks like and what their assets look like and, and liabilities and what their goals are. And so, you know, there are a lot of different, it's kind of, um, it's an outlet sort of for creativity in a weird kind of nerdy way because, you know, somebody comes to me and 
says, here's what I've got. And then I can look at it and say, Hey, this is what I think we need to do. And I can be kind of creative in what I recommend, but yeah. Yeah. Um, where are you, are you getting the support for running a business? So you've been doing this now for a few months. Um, and, and, you know, just there is this like, yeah, it's a, it's a lot more than I thought it might be. So where are you, you have an MBA, you're, you're drawing on that a little bit, but where are you drawing on the resources of knowing how to run a business? Well, it, it was hard for me, I think, to figure out that, well, it, it's, it's been a, I've been a work in progress trying to learn to ask for help. Um, but I have managed to surround myself with people that seem to know, you know, more about these areas than what I do. So, you know, I've got friends that know more about marketing than I do. And I have friends that, you know, know more about finance than I do. I have an accountant that I can call on. I have a husband that ran a successful business for, you know, over 10 years. So he's obviously a resource for me. Um, so I've been able to draw on kind of my team of, and not in a professional sense team, but just my, my friends, my tribe, and they're not all women, but you know, and then also there are, we allow people to be friends (laughs) with not women. Well, when you say tribe, like it just, to me, it has that female connotation. It does a little bit, but I think that, I I mean, I think that co-working in the aspect of having all different aspects of people is so important, whether it's, you know, the, the nerdy techie people or the, those are all the people that need to be in your tribe because they're all offer something different. Well, and I so law is actually my second career. I was after I graduated with my MBA, I worked for two different engineering companies um, in basically in project management before I decided to go back to law school at night. So my um, the second company I worked for was Flexio Corporation, and um, one of the the owners, the founder Rick Larson, um, said something a long time ago to me that I've I've never forgotten, and it, it was that you it's better to be really good at one or two things than to be mediocre at everything, and so I've always remembered that and as much as you want to to have ownership and responsibility and do all of the things that you need to do to run your business especially when your name is on the door right and that that carries a lot of weight your reputation is at stake but you have to learn how to delegate and how to ask for help and how to rely on other people um to support you because you just you can't do it all or if you choose to do it all you can't do it all really well. Mm-hmm. And so in, in my profession, if if I don't do it all really well, then, you know, my law license is on the line. My clients, um, you know, their their plan, what they've come to me for is on the line. I mean, there's there's a lot of balls in the air that could fall. So and I, I think especially in this area, there's a lot of um, um, word of mouth reputation that goes along with it. And if you mess something up. <laughs> This town wants to let let people know. and But if you're doing a great job, this town wants to let people know as well. Right. So it, it can carry a lot of weight. In case you're just joining us, you're listening to Powered by Her in the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. I have Ashley Waters from Waters Law in here, and she has recently gone out and started your own business, your own law firm. Um, and so have you, you haven't been doing it a ton of time, but even maybe in the prep, was there a time where you thought, nope, like I don't want to leave the safety of the nest or I'd like to go back to the safety of that nest or? 
I never, um, once I made the decision, I didn't really look back. And I, I mean, that's just kind of how I am. I, I don't um, procrastinate when it comes to making decisions. I can pretty much, if I know I need to do something, I make a decision, I move on, I don't regret it. So once I decided to do it, I was all in. Um, but the process of making that decision literally took, it was, it was a, it was years that, you know, and I don't mean six years, but I mean, it was a couple of years of, of me really soul searching and trying to figure out what I wanted out of my career and whether where I was, was going to, you know, propel me to that point or, or not. And, um, so I had, I really struggled with the decision for a long time as, you know, just to make the decision. But then once I made it, I was all in and I didn't look back. What do you think the benefits are as lawyers, um, the benefits to starting your own practice and not just staying under the wings of a larger firm or? Well, I think it's really important for fresh out lawyers to work with someone else under someone else so that they can learn. There's just, you don't learn, in law school, you learn a lot of theory, um, depending on what school you go to, it's more practical, some are more practical than others, but they do not teach you how to run a business. And when when you graduate, you come out, you don't have any forms, you don't have any knowledge of, you know, even how to file something in the court system. I mean, all you've learned is what you've learned in school. You have no practical experience. So I think it's important for every new lawyer to start out with someone or at least with a, a good mentor that can help them and guide them. Um, but then as far as going out on your own, for me, the real benefit was one of the things that I wanted to do, I wanted to, this sounds, it's going to sound bad, but I wanted to work smarter, not harder. And I don't mean that I don't work hard because I believe I do work very hard, but in terms of efficiency and streamlining things and figuring out how to um, make my practice more efficient, because if I can, if I can turn something that would normally take me an hour to do into something that takes 30 minutes to do, then I can pass that savings along to my client. I don't have to charge them as much to do mm-hmm. that specific thing. So working smarter, not harder is both for me and for my clients. Um, but that was, that was one of the goals that I had when I went out on my own. And I think that in, in being on my own, I've able, I've been able to really, um, take advantage of a lot of the technology that is out there for law firms and, um, just kind of do things my own way. And I know that, I know that I'll make mistakes. I've made mistakes already, but they're mm-hmm. my mistakes and I own them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, you know, recover. It's nothing that's not, it's going to set me back too far. Um, but and you can adjust and sh- steer your path mm-hmm. in whatever way you want to. Yeah. And I've, I've really had a lot of fun with, um, the, you know, trying to create a culture at my new office that is, kind of different, I think, than most law firms that I think a lot of people think of law firms as being dark and stuffy and people are intimidated. Not everyone, but a lot of people are intimidated Mm -hmm. to go to a law office or to call a lawyer. And I've tried to remove all of those barriers 
Um, I think even just from the moment that you walk into my office, it's light, it's airy, it's fresh. You'll put cartoons on for the kids. I, the I've lobby. done that already. Yeah, I've got TVs and I've had, you know, clients who've brought children in. Um, and, you know, I've got my my Netflix and Amazon and YouTube TV hooked up. And so the kids can watch what they need to watch and stay entertained and parents can focus, um, you know, on what they need to focus on and hopefully not worry about the kids. Well, and that is interesting. You know, that's a, a, an aspect of this, too. You are a, a, a female business owner, but you're also a mother. So you understand how to reach people who are in their mid 30s who have young children, because that is a really important age to start thinking about estate planning. Um, and so you kind of do have that aspect that, okay, I'm going to figure out what I need to do to get these, this client, these clients in here who really need these services. I think that everyone, everyone knows that they need to plan, you know, for their death. But when you're young, you feel somewhat invincible. You know, it's, you don't need a will until you need a will and then it's too late. Mm -hmm. So as people grow older or, you know, have experiences with family members who pass away, they, start to realize clicks and start to realize, oh, I need to do this planning, but it really should be starting a lot earlier than that. Um, you know, with your will is that's where you get to designate who the guardian of your children will be. And you want to take that life insurance that you've got and put it in a trust for them. You don't, you know, you, you want to make sure it's protected and that they're protected. And so I've tried to put, put myself in those clients shoes, which is easy because, you know, I am, you know, I am a, a a mom of two kids and a wife. And so, um, you know, I'm trying to educate that younger age group about why they need to do the estate planning. And I'm trying to make it easier for them to do it as well. So um, trying to be flexible and meet at times that are com this convenient for them mm -hmm. um, and trying to produce an environment that you know, they can feel like they can bring their kids if they need to. And well, it's interesting. Like you said, you, you kind of have a different environment. And I think so many people think, oh, well, wills and estate planning, that's for like 70 year olds. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and your office environment is not like that. It's, you know, you have candy in the, you know, in the, the waiting room and stuff like that. And you have just a, a different vibe for those 30 something, you know, younger crowd, a 20 something might not feel into, they might not feel, I'm so out of place. I should be 70 to walk in here. Right. But the 70 year olds love it too. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone who walks in the door, I think, you know, you come to my office and you're going to be talking, you know, you're going to be talking about death and taxes. Yeah. I'm not a CPA, but taxes are a big part of estate planning and estate administration. And so, you know, you're already dreading it and it's it's a heavy topic. And so to come in and, you know, it's light and it's bright and it's fresh. And um, I think it just helps to lighten the mood. And I've noticed I, I have noticed um, in my meetings with clients, the the mood really is different, um, you know, because it it's it does feel it doesn't feel quite so heavy mm -hmm. um, in the office. It's just, it's, it's really interesting how much your environment can affect your mood and, and all that. And just, and I mean, people, you hear this, but you've kind of been able to, to test that yourself of like just the colors on the wall or the, the curtains and, and the lighting. Um, you've kind of been able to test that with your work environment. That's very interesting mm -hmm. um, to see the changes that and it seems silly, but it's really not, you know, I mean, it's, it was really important to me when I started my practice to have everything ready to go. And so, um, you know, I didn't want people thinking I was 
leaving my partnership and I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't, you know, I couldn't manage it on my own. And so I really invested in getting my office to a place where it was really functional and I was very intentional about everything I brought into my office. If it didn't serve a purpose for my staff or for a client, then why were we bringing it in? Um, so, you know, I have been able to to kind of test that out and it's it's the feedback that I've gotten from it has been really, really great and positive. And I just, I feel like it also affects the culture, um, with, with my staff. I have one full-time, um, paralegal that I brought with me. Um, and then I've got a part-time, um, person who's working, she's just working through the month of January and I'm probably going to be hiring someone else pretty soon. Um, but I think that even just coming into this environment that feels good makes you, you want to come to work and well, I think it makes everybody feel that better. is, um, as an entrepreneur, you get to set that tone as the business owner, you get to set the tone of the environment that, that you create for your team. And so, um, you, if you want to set a, a light, uh, uh, a tone where people feel like they can, they have a say and they have um, a buy into the business. That's you have that choice to kind of set it however you you want, mm-hmm. and that's pretty exciting. Especially when I, like I said, when your name's on the door, um, you know that's that's just a a different feel than even when there's two names, you know, a, co- mm-hmm. a co partnership. So. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Powered by Her in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center. I'm Tiffany Anton from the Biz Foundry, and I have Ashley Waters from at, from Waters Law. <laughs> um, have there been any times, even when you were in a, a partnership, where you just had a really tough time or challenges of the business aspect that, that you were going through? Um, maybe just not even knowing the right, how to hire the right people, how to find the right, pe- you know, people. Um what other marketing <laughs> aspects? How do you find new clients? Um, any any difficult times that you really went through? Well, you know, I think that what I'm doing in my in my practice now is very different than how we um, did things in our partnership. And, um, you know, we didn't do really any advertising in the partnership. Um, hiring is always an issue trying to find good qualified employees. I think no matter what industry you're in, that's always a challenge. And we've, we've faced our fair share of challenges in the partnership. I haven't had to hire anyone, you know, permanently in my new business just yet because I brought my paralegal over with me. So that is something I'm dreading, um, because I know it's going to be challenging to find someone who has the right, who is the right fit for, for us. But, um, but yeah, I think that I still have a lot of those challenges that I will be facing because <laughs> my business is still so new that I'm I'm like, for instance, this morning, I just had a meeting um, about doing some radio advertising and that's very new to me and it's kind of scary. But, you know, I feel like if I surround myself with the right people who know, um, you know, more about that than I do, then together, you know, we can figure it out. So and it's just so how do you balance running a business and doing your job, um, how do you set aside the time to say, okay, I'm going to set aside this much time to look at marketing? Mm-hmm. How, how do you balance that? Um, not really well right now, <laughs> but I, you know, this transitional time has taken a lot of 
the business and getting the business side of it going has required a lot of my focus. And so, um, you know, I have worked more than than my, you know, 40 hours a week in the first several months of my business, just trying to be able to get it all done because I don't want my clients um, to to suffer, you know, feel that squeeze. Right. I, I don't want them to feel like I'm putting them on the back burner so I can focus on myself, you know, but it's all equally important. So well, and you kind of have to tell yourself too, uh, you know, I think it may feel um, not right to spend an hour on advertising when you have an hour of somebody's mm-hmm. estate to be planning, but they're both so important. And you really can't, I can't plan someone's estate if I don't have a business. Mm-hmm. So in a way you have to, there are certain things that you have to prioritize on the business side above the actual work. Um, but then it's really hard to find that balance. I've, I, that is something that I've struggled with from day one, because even, um, you know, even when probably since when I started the partnership with joy, um, and I took on a lot of the office management responsibilities. So a lot of what I'm doing now, I was kind of doing before, but we did it differently then. Um, but I struggled with that. And one thing I learned um, a few, a couple of years ago, I started, um, I've, I started reading a lot of self-help books. And one of the takeaways that I had that I implemented just immediately was setting boundaries for appointments. And I used to just, they would schedule me. I mean, there may be one day where I'd have six appointments and then there may be another day where I had one. And then, so I, I really kind of took ownership of, of my schedule. Not, I didn't schedule the, the appointments myself, but I budgeted when I'm going to see clients, when am I going to see clients? And I, I take appointments generally and I make concessions depending on the circumstances, but 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m. and 1.30 p.m. And so that way um, I'm done with my appointments by about three o'clock in the afternoon. And I can use those later hours in the day to focus on stuff that I might need either to to work on, um, you know, things for clients or to work on things for the business, um, you know, even just paying bills and things like that. So when I get in in the morning, I've got a little bit of time before my first appointment. I have some time during lunch if I need it. And then I have time at the end of the day. So I've, I've tried to do that. And then I also go through and I block out days. Um, I figure if I, you know, have a certain number of appointments that are, are my, is my goal to set each week. And um, then I try to block out the extra time um, so that no one schedules me appointments during that time. So I can then personally, I can look at that. I can look at my workload client wise. And then I can look at what I need to do for the business and I can sit, you know, each day and kind of prioritize what I'm going to do that day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned that you um, got into really big into uh, reading self-help books. I did. Any, um, I know you're a Brene Brown fan. I love Brene Brown. Um, (laughs) She changed my life. (laughs) um, Any other specific authors or books that you would recommend to other female entrepreneurs? Yeah. So I started some with with um, I first kind of got into this self-help kick with Brene Brown Mm -hmm. and I was reading um, 
the Kick-Ass Life book, Andrea Owen, I okay. think is the author. I was on, I think I was on a plane. I was listening to a podcast and she was on the podcast. So I purchased her book and read her book and it was good. And then she has a podcast. I was listening to her podcast and Brene Brown was on her podcast. So that was my introduction to Brene Brown. And so she was promoting her Daring Greatly book and I purchased that book and that book really did a number on me. Um, and I, it probably won't for everyone in the same way, but it was just the right book at the right time for me. Um, and it was about vulnerability and how, you know, especially in our society, being vulnerable is like a big no, no, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's considered weak, but how, especially in the women right, sector right. of society. Um, and I'm in a very male dominated profession mm-hmm. too. So, you know, you add that on top of it. And I'm guessing it. a male dominated sector of, yeah. of your profession. Right. So, so, um, but Brene preaches that being vulnerable is really a, a sign of, of strength and, and it's really being very brave. And so that book in and of itself was really, it was really critical for me. And then from there, I read all of her, her books. She has Ooh. several books. I've read all of her books. Um, and then there's another, um, author, Jen Sinchiro. She oh, yeah. writes, you're a badass. Yes. And she's got, I think a series of books now, like there's, you're a badass and you're a badass at making money and you're a badass at whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she's really great too. So I, that was a good book for me. Um, and then for lawyers, there's, there's a great book that I'm, I'm in the middle of it right now and it's really helping me. We were talking about resources earlier and what, you know, people are important resources. But in my profession, there are a lot of technological resources. I guess that's the right way to say that. Yeah. Um, well, you just admit you, you you said the switch over for, to be by your, you know, on your own. You've been able to use a lot of technology. Yeah. Trying to work smarter, not harder and mm-hmm. find ways to, um, you know, stretch our resources out and use them more wisely. And so this book, um, well, there's, it's called The Lawyerist. It's, it's a podcast. And the, it's like Sam Glover and I can't remember the other guy's name, but they're both lawyers. And they wrote a book called The Small Firm Roadmap. And I'm reading that now. Um, and that's been really helpful just from the legal, you know, standpoint. Um, it's a lot about how to practice in a small firm or a solo firm. And they have a whole Thing that they do you can like pay to be members of their group I don't remember what they're called but um so those are those are the books that I that probably stand out to me the Shaped most you to kind of where you're at today yeah and there, there have been others but I would say Brene Brown was definitely um she was my Your eyes light up uh, yeah <laughs> I just I, I love her yeah. um and then and I would say too that I I listened to the Jenna Kutcher the Gold Digger podcast mm-hmm as much as I can. And, um, that was really my turning point. I was listening to that podcast this summer and Jen Sinchiro was a guest on her podcast and I've read the book, but hearing Jen Sinchiro talk about it, it just kind of clicked for me in a different way. And she's talking about your goals and how, if you're not moving towards your goals, you're moving away from your goals. And so everything just kind of fell into place. So but that goes back to that you're a badass book. Yeah. And kind of got you to the point where it was like, okay, it's time to spread my wings. Yeah. Yeah. In case you're just joining us, we have Ashley Waters from Waters Law in the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center. You're listening to Powered by Her and I'm Tiffany Anton, Director of Engagement and Outreach at the Biz Foundry. 
So, Ashley, how can people find you? How can they find Waters Law? How do they connect with you? So, we they can call me, um, 931-559-2889. Um, we have a website. It's www.waters.law. This is a little different. Um, And we're located at 116 South Locust, um, Suite um, A. A. Yeah, that's right. Why did my mind go blank? (laughs) Suite A. Um, It's new construction. So when you pull it up on Google Map, it looks like it's just an empty field, but it's not. There's actually, um, they call them office condos. And you do have social media. Yes. I have social media. I have Facebook. Um, I have Twitter. I have... And they can find you on LinkedIn, I'm sure. LinkedIn, so. yeah. And and those are all things that I am in 2020. I'm going so to be work, working on those. Work They're work in pro- progress. Yes. But, but yeah, you can find me pretty much anywhere. So Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate you uh, joining us on Powered by Her and the Hinson Oakley Podcast Sunday.